0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com slash SME today. Again, agorapulse.com slash
1: SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media.
2: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a social media examiner production I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host today is Grace Duffy, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we're going to explore the ramifications of Facebook's upcoming Clear History tool, and then we are also going to talk about Instagram expanding stories into the Explore tab as well as shopping, and we have special guests. First up, it's Jen Herman, and then we will be joined later by Amanda Bond. Before we get into our first segment, I want to remind you, this episode is brought to you by the Social Media Marketing Society. You can find out more at socialmediasociety.info if you don't know what the society is. In fact, this morning, ironically enough, I met a society member when I was looking at the notes for this show going over and reviewing at a local coffee shop. I live in a small town for a society member to walk up to me and be like, Eric. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, I know you from the social media marketing society. And I'm like, what the, so they're everywhere and you need to join them to get your training, to get your camaraderie, get with the people that are also in the trenches. Again, social And again, everything we talk about today, all of it, going to be linked up in the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. All right, the Instagram highlighting shopping as well as IGTV in the Explore tab. This is an an Explore tab redesign, and our guest is Jen Herman. She's an Instagram-loving writer, speaker, and social media consultant. You can find her at Jen's Trends and right now here in the show. Welcome to the show, Jen.
0: Hello. I'm so excited. I love all this stuff. Very exciting.
2: (laughs) So, Instagram is redesigning the explore tab and it's going to be, it, it is adding. In fact, I already have it. There is a new tab for IGTV and then shopping and then all the regular topics, you know, travel, food, health, et cetera. What's the news here?
0: So this is now rolling out to everybody. Some people have had it in beta. I've actually had it probably about a month or more that I've actually had this new layout so I was like, what do you mean it's rolling out? <laughs> Some of these things, you know, so I us get them first. Um, but I will admit the shopping tab is, is a little dangerous for people who may be impulse shoppers because um, it's really dangerous to go in there and see all the things that you may like to buy. And it is curated based on your personal interaction so if you typically respond to ads for I don't know shoes rings jewelry clothing I don't know like me um, then that's what you're going to see a lot of in the shopping tab they're going to give you what you're likely to react to and that you're likely to take action on so whatever ads you normally respond to whatever ads you normally get shown that's the type of things you'll see in the shop there will be other things and the more you interact with other things So let's say you start, you know, looking at shopping things for luggage or for watches or, you know, something that's completely out of your normal range, but you see something and start interacting with it. The algorithm knows that it's going to show you more of that. So the more the content that you look at, the more is what you're going to see in those search results. But it's a great way to literally tap on those shoppable posts, follow through, you get right right into the... uh, the, you know, the Facebook, you know, shop where you can go through and finish the sale, go ahead and purchase, you know, give them your money, get your things ordered. It's directly within the app for that ease and convenience. So like I said, if you're an impulse shopper, you may like this, you may want to avoid this tab <laughs> yes. depending on, on your, uh, your wallet levels. Yeah. But it is a really good way for us as businesses to get new exposure to new potential
1: customers who are genuinely looking for what we have to offer. It isn't. Well, and the other
2: yeah, go ahead. The, the go other ahead, part nurse. of this
1: too is that the new design is also bringing a more immersive IGTV experience. And yeah. so is that so that seems to be like one of the first massive steps Instagram has done to move forward to move IGTV forward and discoverability, right? So they've done two big things recently,
0: this one, and then also having the one minute preview in the feed. Mm -hmm. Ah. Now in the explore tab like this, you're seeing all those autoplay IGTV videos, and they are autoplaying. So people are seeing that video, they're more likely to stop and watch and then either click through and watch the whole thing, or at least watch that segment. They're getting significantly higher views by people going to the explore tab. And these IGTV videos are autoplaying within there. And again, they're related to your typical content and what you normally look at and interact with, especially on the explore page. Mm -hmm. So if you like dogs, you're going to see a lot of videos of IGTV related content for dogs and puppies and maybe cats and that sort of thing. So whatever you normally interact with, that's what you're going to see. But this is great again, for the, the businesses to get new exposure. If you're creating that IGTV content, it is, highly more likely to be shown to people that are your target audience. You can't determine who's going to see it. You don't get that say, but if people like and interact with content similar to what you're creating, there's a good chance that your IGTV videos could show up on that explore page and get that many more views.
2: I was just testing it out as we were going through show prep and I tapped on IGTV and just started scrolling. And I thought to myself, this is, I think part of what IGTV has been missing, which is, if you go into IGTV, you just kind of flip around and you don't know where you're going or what you're going to find or whatever. But having this yeah. over in the the um the native Instagram app, this tab, to where I can just scroll through and I can see all the accounts that I'm following that are doing IGTV content, which was actually surprisingly a lot of them, or at least yeah. or at least it was repeat stuff, but still it was like, whoa, I could actually pop in and start watching some of these, which I wouldn't have considered of, you know, I wouldn't considered up until this point, but now I could.
0: Right. And IGTV videos are getting a lot more views because of those two factors. Now that it's showing up in the explore page and that now that you can get those one minute previews in the feed, Because that was the biggest issue. And from day one, when IGTV launched, I said they need better integration into the native app. Mm -hmm. And now that they have those one minute previews and the Explorer showing those people are like you to your exact point, Eric, they're like, oh, I didn't even know these accounts I'm following are actually creating this content. I didn't know I could even go find this. And they're watching it because it's there and people's view counts are getting significantly higher and seeing the traction that they're
2: looking for. Yeah. So again, the Explore tab's all about discovery. And for us marketers, it's about visibility and an opportunity to be seen, to be visible. And in a second, I want to go through some of the stuff that TechCrunch got from Instagram, how they're choosing what shows up or how what gets chosen shows up in the Explore feed. So uh but before that I want to say that um one of the things here that's interesting is we, that we've kind of mentioned but not really is yet is that stories are now going to start showing up and that's in the mix as to what they're saying in terms of what's going to show up and explore and we've got an example here uh of what this starts to end up looking like uh for those of you that are here with us live those of you who are um listening as a podcast or watching replay or whatever it's it's in the show notes but the image here is of you know you start s- scrolling through here like it's your explore tab and there are intermittently um IGTV as well as uh stories videos and or pieces and it's 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 great it
0: is and so this is one of these things that for the longest time the explore page was photos and videos from the feed that was what you were likely to see in that explore. Then they started introducing the IGTV autoplay videos that you would actually be able to potentially see some IGTV content in the, in the explore page. That was a big step. And then literally just yesterday, they announced that now they're going to start including stories and stories have always been that kind of like that kind of like separate world Mm -hmm. where you could see them. If you went to search for either location or hashtag, and some of the stories would potentially show up in those searches, but just on the general explore stories were not shared. Now they're rolling this out. I still don't have it. I keep scrolling through my Explore page like a maniac, hoping to see some stories, but I have friends who have gotten it and have started seeing stories pop up. So they are, they're doing like, so in the Explore page, you get the square, right? Everything's in the square format. If you get an IGTV video, a lot of times that even plays as a regular square. Stories are filling as a vertical two square. So that's how you can very clearly recognize them in that Explore feed. Where they are that kind of double stack, so you get the full vertical video or photo. Um, and yeah, to your point, TechCrunch came out and said very clearly that they're telling us what criteria are actually going to get your stories potentially into the Explore page.
2: Um, which are you guys ready to let's jump in, right yeah, in? I was going to say now that you've mentioned it, let's well, just jump right into that.
1: Yeah. Well, there was one question. Someone you mentioned the one minute preview. Uh, someone in our our comments is asking is Is it just the first minute of your story or can you pick the minute?
0: No, it's one. It's the first minute of the IGTV video. You do not get to pick which minute is previewed. So you really want to think about that when you're creating your IGTV videos. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that one minute isn't rambling and randomness. You want it to be impactful and clear and call to action to watch the rest of the video. You really want to make sure that you've captured them in that first 60 seconds if your IGTV video is longer than that.
1: Absolutely. So let's jump into these these six things that Instagram, this is something TechCrunch reported. So it's something Instagram said to them. Okay. And it was outlined. So I'm going to go through these one by one and we can just mix it up. Right. So the first one is the strongest input into, into what a viewer will see is what they already follow and like on the feed. So If they are watching or liking accounts that are similar to yours, then Instagram will more likely show your stories to them, even if they don't already follow you, right? Exactly. And And that's how the Explore page has always worked. Mm -hmm.
0: If you go to my Explore page, it's going to look completely different than Eric's. It's going to look completely different than Grace's. It's going to look completely different than anybody else's. There are no two Explore pages that are exactly the same because it is based on content that you are most likely to interact with as a user
2: based yep. on what I've already interacted with too. Yeah, so exactly,
1: exactly.
0: This one's pretty self-explanatory. Um, this is key. So.
2: They said
1: videos are ranking higher than photos. So, you know, the, some yeah. of, I know there's a lot of options for stories where you can just do a still image or, or whatever else. So they're saying that videos will rank higher since videos autoplay. And then this ties in closely to the next thing, which is highly visual stories that do not include too much text will get preference. So those are two options for stories, but they're not highly highly favorable, favorable, sorry, when it comes to the algorithm, right? This is where like,
0: I, so I talked about this yesterday and I had a bunch of, you know, people freaking out. They're like, well, does that mean I shouldn't create stories with text? And I'm like, no, not at all. Because your stories still need to serve your audience. You're not creating stories for the sole purpose of showing up and explore your stories are meant to convey your brand to your audience. And if that by doing that means putting a lot of text in there or using photos and not videos, then by all means, keep doing what works for you and Mm -hmm. your audience. But Instagram is just saying, the way that they have laid out the Explore page to put the emphasis on video content from stories, because again, it auto-plays. It's something that they have learned through the IGTV previews, that if they put an auto-playing video in the Explore feed, people are more likely to watch it. They're more likely to get that retention. So they're going to put that preference on story videos. But again, you have to understand your story when you're creating it for your audience is a six, seven, eight part segment. Only one of those is going to show up in an explore. So if your third post of six is a video and that's what's going to show up in an explore feed That person who's finding you is going to watch that one segment and rotate through to other relevant story content, not necessarily yours. They're not going to see your whole segment. So again, you're not creating story content for the Explore page. You're just taking advantage of the fact that there is a better chance of your videos showing up in Explore for people who are liking similar content to what you create.
1: Right. Exactly. So create highly visual, very engaging content that hits you right at the start. Right. So yes. those are things you should be doing anyway. Correct.
2: Well, this I guess I'm
1: curious when it says too much text, I think the first thing I think about is the quiz stickers and the question stickers and all that. So I mean, so you're saying like you can still use those and mix it all up, but it's just not
2: do, you're that saying that do those, you're saying do those for your audience because yeah. you're wanting to interact and engage with your audience just don't expect those to be things that would show up in explore.
0: Right. Exactly. And I, like, I literally joked when I saw this list of things, I'm like, well, there go all my stories. Cause my stories. Are not- <laughs> <laughs> <There's-> Mine is <laughs> mostly There's text. The there well, is a ton of text on then, my
2: stories. I think this ties, ties in. in that one. I think this ties into number four though, because then they're saying stories with content that is similar to and representative of a creator's typical feed posts are more likely to show up on explore. And to me, that's kind of a juxtaposition because the way someone uses their feed posts versus the way they use their stories based on just the different nature of what those two things are can be very different.
1: Yeah. And I
0: think this is kind of like this is almost like an artificial intelligence, like an AI type thing that they're looking at where they're I think what they're trying to say is I don't in my interpretation of this and I could be wrong. But it's not that it has to be the same type of content. It has to be the same context, meaning on my feed, I'm always sharing recipes and all of these types of like to do type things. But then my stories are all behind the scenes of my kids. They don't align. The stories of my kids are not likely to show up in an explore page because they don't relate to the type of content in my feed versus. If my feed is full of recipes and to do DIY home craft things and my stories are different content, but still in that same context, Mm -hmm. then there is an alignment. And they want to make sure that people's stories that show up are relevant to what that brand account is about and that sort of thing. So that was how I interpreted it. Again, I don't we don't know. We're kind of, you know, in the gray areas with these things.
2: So, Jen, do you think this is a place where for us, Instagram users as a whole of the whole app, wanting to show up and explore and be discovered and everything that we should maybe use those two channels, stories and feed posts differently, but still consider how we can stay on brand on message yes. in types of Absolutely. In the way we are on both of those. Right.
0: Absolutely. Cause no matter what, whether your audience is, active with you on stories or on feed, it is still your brand. And stories are great for that kind of behind the scenes, the more casual stuff, a little more raw and filtered. Like, yes, I'll post photos of, you know, what I'm doing with my daughter on the weekends on my stories as a way of showing my brain and my personality. And that doesn't tie into, hey, breaking Instagram news. But that again is content I'm creating for my audience to build my tribe that's not built for the explore page. But when I post something to my stories, it says, hey, did you check out my latest post about the newest Instagram news? That's still brand specific. That's tying in. It's directly feeding them back to my feed, if, if anything. And so it's still that brand correlation. And they can be completely different tones and different styles. But we do want to make sure that there's still that branding consistency and that it's still serving the same end goal for your audience.
1: Yeah. yeah, and TechCrunch reports that Instagram will be using machine learning to scan and detect the actual content of the story, but that's going to be a weaker signal. So it's still going to be, I'm not quite sure what that means. I mean, it seems to so, me that they're still going to use. This is because they're doing all these things in the back end that I'm so excited about.
0: But, like, <laughs> I geek out over this stuff, you guys. Yeah. Like, you know that. But they're actually, they've been working on this AI for a long time on feed posts and things that show up in the Explore page anyways. Meaning. If I posted a photo right now on my stories or on my feed of this, it's going to know there is a woman, glasses, you know, that sort of thing. It's going to, the AI is going to recognize this and it's going to potentially put that content in the feed of anybody looking for that similar type of content. So if people are fascinated by glasses, my content is going to potentially show up in their explore or their searches regardless of whether or not I used hashtags or context related to glasses, because the AI is recognizing that. Again, this is a low ranking priority. It's low ranking priority for regular feed, for explore, for hashtag searches, but it is being used. And I was so excited. I actually kind of did a little squeal when they actually admitted that they're using this as a criteria, because insider, you know, secrets that we don't know, but are lending towards the fact that this will be a stronger push down the road that they will, you know, use more of this to put things into relevant searches so that if you have a photo of a beach, that your photo would show up in anything related to beach and vacation and those types of searches, regardless of what your caption is, regardless of what the context is. So I think this is great that they announced that they are actually looking at this criteria.
2: And there's one more thing. uh, They said, this is
1: Eric's favorite.
2: He squealed. He literally squealed when we said this. Hey, whatever. Um, Yeah, this one is actually them saying that something will be demoted by the algorithm, which is certain types of content, like the posts of other people's feed posts, which I hate when people do this. I think it's like, hey, they haven't (laughs) given you the quote retweet or regram option for (laughs) a reason. Come up with your own stuff. Anyway, rant over. Tell us how you really
0: feel, Eric. And here's the thing, like you can share a post to a story, or if somebody tags me in their story, I can put their story as my story. That is allowable by the regrammable in-app feature with an Instagram. But yeah, to the point, let's say somebody posted a story and tagged me, and then I posted that to my story. Why would the Explore feed show my repost? They would show the original, the original content. They want to give the original creator the traffic and exposure because they're the one that created the content. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get it as a secondhand type content. So I totally agree with you. I think this is great that they're putting the priority on the original content. If, if the person is likely to enjoy that content, they're going to want to see the original content, not the regram content because it's not based on popularity or the fact that it's mine. It's that Eric created it first. He's the one who deserves the credit. His content is going to show up in the Explore page, not me as the re And I think that's
2: awesome. Well great. said. So Jen, big news, great stuff. Thank you for being here as always. Uh, I guess we'll just see you next time. Next time you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: there's all these questions popping up over here on the I side. Know. Like Tim's got a bunch of questions going on. Eileen's over here. I love it. I love you guys. I will try to jump
1: back in and answer the questions um
0: on the the facebook and I'm sure chat that, yes
2: perfect thanks hey jen, jen
1: tell hey jen tell us uh, tell people where they can come talk to you on instagram and everywhere is jen's trends i'm over on instagram at j-e-n-n-s underscore trends
0: it's jen with two n's um and then you can hang out in my facebook group as well if you search for jen's trends in social media on facebook there's a group in there it's a free group It's just closed. You have to ask permission to join, but that's where I share all breaking Instagram news, just like we do in the society. We're talking about everything over there. So come hang out with me and say hi. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. Bye-bye. Hi. Have a good day. See you
2: next time. All righty. Well, while we were waiting for our second guest and our second segment, our huge segment, this was huge too, but that this Facebook news has had a lot of people freaking out. But while we're waiting for Amanda Bond to show up, uh, I just wanted to remind you, social media marketing, social media marketing society, uh, it, the doors are open. They will be closing sometime soon. So if you've been thinking about it, if you've been on the fence, ask somebody if you're watching here live, because they will tell you that it's that it's amazing. There are so many people that are here live that will probably comment and say, I'm in it. I love it, et cetera. Um, like I said, the person that I met this morning that I was like stunned by meeting a society member right here like in my small hometown said they love it and they were glad they jumped in they've been diving into the trainings i was so excited to hear all of that so that's like me sharing their personal testimony on it but again find out more at socialmediasociety.info and with that let's move to our second segment it's bond so let me give you an intro a two-second intro
3: Two seconds or a quick thing on the society. <laughs> we actually just wrapped up a training just this past week on how to yes. do ad copy and creative very strategically. So there's another reason to get over there and get to that link.
2: Yeah, there you go. So and it's, I heard
3: that. And I heard that training was epic. <laughs> it was epic. It went
2: so, pretty awesome. Yeah,
1: it so, was pretty cool. Uh,
2: that so voice, you heard
1: her. That's yes, our guest, you, Amanda you Bond. You can hear
2: her. You can <laughs> see her if you're here watching. It's Amanda Bond. She's o- it's the owner of the ad strategist and the creator of the strategy is it strategy or strategy 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 system and so anyway amanda you're an amazing person and a great uh facebook ad strategist and you're a human (laughs) and all these other reasons no uh we could joke around but we're not going to joke around with this because a lot of people are freaking (sighs) out so let's let's talk about this in kind of three phases okay number number one is what is this number two is why is facebook Doing this. And then three is how does this affect marketers or how does this really affect marketers?
3: Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's kind of let's do the high level. Yes. So okay. last year at F8 in May, Facebook alluded to the fact that they would be creating a tool called Clear History for its users. And a little bit of a backstory. Us as users on the Facebook platform already had the option to look at what things we were being targeted with under interests, right? So like similar to what Jen was just saying, like if you've searched glasses, then glasses might be an interest that you are going to be targeted with. And we did have the ability to go in and tweak and change some of those things before. So that was there. Now clear history is something that they announced last year at F8, and they're going to be rolling it out in the next few months. And essentially it is, well, not essentially, it is giving the users full ability to go in and see the website activity, the pixel activity, the API activity that they are, that the platform itself is recording. They, they're able to see it, then they're able to delete it. And once it's deleted now, Facebook is not able to store it attached to their user ID to clarify that though, for marketers, we will, and we're going to get into a little bit more depth mm-hmm. on this. We like, we will still be able to see our analytics. It will just be anonymized. Is that a word? Yeah. It, anonymized. Yeah. Did I just, Anonymized. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like, it is, I thought I, it was like not I, saying I'm enough. sure anonymized in is a word. Yeah, so it'll be like protected data. It won't actually be attached to the profiles anymore, but we will be able to see the demographics of those essentially um, interacting with our, our ads as we go forward. So they made four uh, really big points to this um, this announcement. And the first one, the first one had me chuckling as an actual shareholder of Pinterest, or not Pinterest, of Facebook, Facebook. Um, The first point was all about giving people transparency and control with their settings is good for business, right? Like they took that moral high ground of like, it's great for business. It keeps ads free for, or sorry, it keeps the platform free for its users because they're able to serve up ads. And if they're monetizing via the ads they don't have to quote unquote charge us to use the platform. So the first one was just kind of taking the moral high ground and saying like, listen, this is a great thing, which me chuckling was about like, yeah, it's a great thing for the shareholders, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like it's a great thing because the stock price dropped and we are now kind of like backpedaling and saying, oh shoot, our data is not secure on this platform. So we have to really focus on that. So they they started out of the gate by just like making that overarching statement.
2: And one quick thing I want to say is remember, in conjunction to what you just said, they announced this not this year at F8, but a year ago at F8, almost immediately after all of the Facebook apocalypse newsfeed stuff in January, and then also the, uh, the Cambridge Analytica and, yes. and all this, basically, all the scandals and the PR stuff. This was like a, hey guys, uh, we're going to come out with this thing. Yeah, I mean that's basically what they said back then. And now, finally, yeah. a year later, they're reminding us and then starting to roll it out.
3: Yeah, it's it's funny because a lot of the stuff that we've been reporting lately on the platform has been from that moment as the catalyst, right? Like the Cambridge Analytica mm-hmm. stuff. Like a lot of the changes are. Now we have to grow up and be a real company and we're seeing the impact that they have on the world at large. So the chuckle was like, yeah, Yeah. it's it's
2: good. So that, that was basically the first, (laughs) that was basically the first point. So the second point then was that their plan or that it's good that they, again, it going in with this, this transparency vibe of we're showing people how advertisers use our tools. So how do you feel about that though, Amanda, as an advertiser?
3: Uh, I mean, they already have been showing people how we're using their tools with the why am I seeing this ad now? The why am I seeing this post that we reported on the info and ads tab that then is giving more and more transparency. So it's not really it's, it's not really something that we didn't expect already to happen. Right. So as an advertiser, from what I am experiencing, it's no shock. I'm like, cool, you've been telling the us this since GDPR as well, right? So them just going back and reiterating, yes, our focus is on transparency with your data, right? Second bold point, check. The shareholders are, are happy with right. that. Um, But this is the line that I found fascinating where they encouraged us as business owners to be equally transparent as (laughs) if like, you know, business owners aren't freaking out about things like GDPR and privacy and the fact that. Our pixel is kind of changing, right? Well, it wasn't
1: even that. It wasn't even make them aware. The line was like, educate your customers about your marketing practices. So that that brings to mind like, okay, so they've been cracking down on sponsored content, branded content for a while now. Does this mean to say that they'll be holding businesses more accountable for highlighting what is sponsored for the sake of transparency or is that something completely separate?
3: I think it's completely separate Okay, specifically because they do have the branded uh, post tool. So for example, uh, I was speaking in Nebraska a little while ago and they had sponsored a small ad budget to amplify the event. So I went in as the advertiser. I was able to tag the organization in mm-hmm. that post, and then that organization can see the data from the ad spend. So that transparency is already built there from branded content. It it just sounds like it's again just a more more. Hey, we're doing this, so you should do this too. Like right. making it make rallying the community around it. Like this is a great thing. You should you should consider it too as a marketer. So, so we have a question.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's uh, somewhat uh, Vicky in our Facebook. Uh, on our facebook post here said who is going to bother to clear their data so few people clear their browsers and i'm going to take this moment to quote very irresponsibly quote some some research that is stuck in the head it, it's it was something like the tune of 94% of the average facebook user like doesn't understand how ads work and they don't really care yeah, right is correct. that correct okay so it's like we're talking about 94% of people Like not us, the other
3: people. (laughs) Yeah. So So, like, look at it from this perspective. Those people who are actually going to go into their user settings to say, take me out of this interest, it's Mm -hmm. likely only going to be spurred by seeing too much of one type of ad. They're not going to like constantly be going in unless you're in that small fractional percentage uh, Mm -hmm. to clear everything constantly. If they clear everything, they're still going to be served up ads. So now they're going right. to be less relevant ads to them overall. why? Why would we want to have a less relevant experience, just to like in our head think we're spite like being spiteful to right. Facebook? That doesn't make sense. the way that the way that I'm looking at it from a marketer is that anyone who's going in and clearing their history and removing themselves from certain targeting options, were they really ideal prospects anyways that you wanted to get in front of? Right. Well, And this is disconnecting your off Facebook activity, right? I that's, mean, it's it's the
1: stuff with the API, SDK mm, and the pixel. And
2: well, that's, that's a whole other dimension to this, right?
3: Yeah, right. Yeah. So what's what informs our interest is that. Off Facebook activity. So the pixel being installed on other sites informs the targeting. So if you go and remove those websites, you may also be removed from the targeting. And so the third point that they made here is this feature may (laughs) impact targeting. So, one hundred percent, it's going to impact targeting. Here. I, I, I love the I love the may. It's like Mother May I impact your targeting? <laughs> it may impact targeting, or legitimately, it's saying people can remove their pixel visits. Right, like they can mm-hmm. move remove their pixel visits to your website, which means they can remove your like themselves from your website custom audiences which a lot of advertisers use for retargeting purposes. A lot of advertisers use to create customer journeys and different sequences. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's going to, this is the may affect targeting is the thing that us as advertisers need to start being aware of. Okay, if the pixel data, when they visit our website or when they're visiting other websites to then have targeting options, like in our interest, If that's going to change, if they can remove themselves from the website custom audience, they can also technically remove the attributes from the source audience that also creates your lookalikes, right? So there's like a lot of of stuff happening with cold audiences, but also retargeting ability. Us as advertisers have to look at that and say, what is not being affected and how can we start to morph our ad strategy around it. And um, shout out to the society again, because we've done amazing trainings in there that teach you how to continuously retarget on Facebook. So not taking them off the platform to go over to your website, but creating, we call them dynamic sequences. And if this, then that you watch this video and then you see this post. And then a few days later, you see this lead ad, right? And then a few days later after that, you start seeing posts that then are sending people to your website to make a purchase. But the first, like the first four things all happened on the Facebook platform, which the clear history is all about.
2: Warming them up, warming them up, right? Right. Yeah.
3: So how higher does- up your
1: on-Facebook engagement <laughs> funnels, right? <Yes>. Exactly.
3: Um, <laughs>
2: how, how then, because I still have a little bit of difficulty wrapping my head around this, how then does that aggregated or anonymized, as you called it earlier, mm-hmm. um, information play into this for us marketers?
3: Well, for us, it's actually in the fourth point that they reported on it. In terms of measurement, our measurement for our advertising results remains the same because we were never able to see down to like the person level of who was engaging with our ads. So we'll still get aggregate data that is anonymized, that can tell us how our ads are working. The only thing that I see, like I foresee being the challenge is in the retargeting because if people are taking themselves out of your website, custom audience after have visiting certain pages, that trigger certain actions, that's gonna lower your audience pool to target, but anyone still in that pool is accessible and you still get that data. And on the flip side, like at large, if people are removing themselves from certain targeting interests and elements, that'll affect our cold targeting. If we think of things like audience insights, Based on what Grace said, of a small percentage of people will actually action this. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not enough. It's not enough to like ring the alarms. Oh my God, audience insights is gonna go crazy. Let's be honest, advanced advertisers rarely get into insights, anyways. Insights is really great for like getting started, but once you've got started, you have the data from your own results that you actually don't need to count on insights. So it's not gonna impact it. Like less than less than 5% of people are going to be removed from those audiences. I guarantee like it's going to help clean up some spam too and make it the audience stronger alongside of it. Who knows? (laughs) The
2: the metaphor that I kind of went with when we were discussing this on our Facebook page earlier this week, which Mari really liked. So I was like, okay, I feel validated was that essentially this is Facebook coming out with the salad option. And how many people are really going to opt in for that versus just go with the burger as usual, right? Yeah,
1: correct. No, no one ever gets a side salad. They always order the fries. Yeah. Right.
2: Yes. Better example. This They're going to opt for the fries. This girl not right the here. Right.
1: This girl right here. Yes. So I, we have a question from Kelly. Sure. She is asking, how does this work with email list custom audiences?
3: Yes. Well, email lists. Yeah. Email lists aren't affected because Technically, you are only allowed to upload your customer data, which is where a lot of advertisers get it wrong. According to Facebook's policies, it has to be your customer data. And in your privacy policy, it has to also inform them, going back to point number two, be transparent with your audience, of them being put into these email custom audiences. So this is offline activity that you control the, the customer data. The offline activity that you don't control is how people are going to change their settings based on the website, the pixel, the API, all of that behavior that happens on their own computer.
2: So while we were also talking about this news earlier this week, Mike and I kind of went back and forth in Skype and he said, hey, also in conjunction with this, ironically, or maybe in parallel, that." Both Drip and MailChimp during this week changed some of their service offerings, which basically right. comes down to, yeah, so now um, you can they can keep somebody in a database even if they've unsubscribed from your email. And you can continue to track them and allow that tracking then to create a custom audience inside of Facebook. Right.
3: Now... I was chatting with Mike about the same thing. Here's where my concern is because if Facebook is saying offline activity is something that's going away, how like the API to then send the data into the custom audiences, what is going to be approved going forward may change. So if I was to put on my, hmm, should we change email service providers? How is this going to affect us? Going forward, I wouldn't put all of my eggs into the drip and Mailchimp basket just yet. Mm-hmm. Until I understand once Clear History rolls out, how that integration will or won't be allowed. Because there's other um, there's other platforms. Entreport allows you to take the email data and put it back into a custom audience. Plus, this like there's a bunch of tools that create these custom audiences based on website behavior or based on opt-in behavior in your um esp and so until clear history comes out we're just kind of theorizing right like we don't know if they're going to take that power away from drip and then drip's going to be like cool we can track it however you can't then do anything to action that as an Mm. advertiser so fascinating timing on all of it uh I'm not going to action anything around it and don't recommend anyone else really dives into that just yet. Just be aware that there are alternatives presenting themselves.
2: So ultimately you're saying keep doing what you're doing. If you're doing it well, if you're not doing yeah. it well, learn how to do it. Well, Correct. But-
3: <laughs> and, and pay attention to on Facebook engagement sequences. Like I know right. the members of our program, the members in the society, like we have been talking about this for a while now, Like over a year, we've been talking about creating these customer journeys on Facebook. So many people want to try and go straight for that sale. This is just one more reason to keep them on the platform because you'll be able to still use the engagement audiences because Mm -hmm. this is offline activity. They haven't said anything yet about changing your online activity or removing yourself from those audiences.
2: Do you have any concern in terms of all of this talk that Facebook's been having in terms of privacy, where they're talking? You know, we're gonna—they're all about one-to-one messaging. They're all—they're all about security. They're all about privacy, yeah. they're, or at least they're saying so. I mean, do you think this is going to start ratcheting down even more so past this point? You're targeting options.
3: Um, no. I I feel like as advertisers, there'll always be changes, and we'll always have to work within them. As a marketer, like ads aside, as a marketer Mm -hmm. on Facebook, I actually feel like this is opening up a lot of opportunity because there's, there's a lot of fear mongering going on right now about, I have very controversial views that you shouldn't be abandoning for groups right now, your Facebook page. Um, Mike and I will go head to head on that one because we have different sides of the, um, we have different beliefs on what's going to happen there. However, I was actually having this conversation with somebody where we were reminiscing about the Facebook gold rush, those first Mm -hmm. advertisers who get Mm -hmm. in on it that got five cent leads back in the day and made out like like made off like bandits. Um, I we were reminiscing about that. And I said, listen, changes are happening so rapidly, so just at the speed of light And us as advertisers, we just have to understand that change is constant in this industry. And the more you can stay proactive and in anticipation that it will all fall apart at any given moment, the stronger competitive advantage that you have, which will then lead you to find whatever the next iteration of that Facebook gold rush will be you know, whatever the, it's not going to be Facebook, right? Like the dot-com bubble, the Facebook goldmine, like yeah. whatever that next thing is, sure, all these changes are going to require you to change strategy. But at the end of the day, it makes you a way stronger marketer to right. stay up to date, to stay agile and know how to implement these in your business. So yes, there's a lot of changes and the pace of changes give us phenomenal Opportunities as marketers, hands yeah. down.
2: So there was one other thing that Facebook came out with. You know, there was a again, another big Facebook post on our page that we were talking with people about this. And some people quite honestly, and this was kind of my take as I first read through it, was and and I'm, you know, I and I identified with what other people were saying, and they were essentially saying doesn't this sound like every other announcement that they've made? And I would say for the most part, yes, except there's a couple of lines in here that I know you found even pretty interesting too. Yeah.
3: Well, okay. So, I mean, they are making some changes. It sounds like, it sounds like it is an official announcement that is telling you how to implement the data of why am I seeing this ad, and why am I seeing this post? It sounds like it's almost like the official announcement of, "Hey, we told you about these new features. Now we're confirming that those those elements, those signals, are how we are going to change content ranking in the newsfeed in general." Right, and everyone goes into an uproar as soon as you say "algorithm" and "changes." <laughs> those two those two words cause a cause a storm of any kind to go around. Facebook has been doing in this whole you know, data, data scandal privacy thing, a bunch of surveys to try and figure out what the users want to see because they're saying it's about not the amount of time that you're spending on our platform, the quality of time and resources that you're seeing on the platform. And it makes me laugh because aren't those one in the same, right? Like somebody's going to spend more time on the platform if they are having a quality experience versus having a lot of clickbait and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why the clickbait, uh, the engagement baiting thing went into play a while back where you can't really ask for likes, comments, and shares. So the surveys that they're putting out is really just to keep that user experience intact Again, from a shareholder perspective, like if the user experience is intact, people stay on the platform. If people are on the platform, that gives us more ad inventory. When you sell more ad inventory, Facebook makes more money, their their shareholders are happier at the end of the day. (laughs) So you can kind of see the the loops back there. Mm -hmm. Um, But the two types of surveys that they have been really going into lately since we just said engagement baiting, let's actually mm-hmm. start with the links worthwhile. Yes. So if you as a user are clicking over to third-party websites, when you get back to Facebook, now Facebook's asking you, was that spammy, right? Like, was that, did you have a good experience? Was there too many pop-ups? Was there this and that? Users can now give information back to Facebook and Facebook's going to start downranking mm. garbage content, Right. As advertisers, as marketers on the platform, whether it's free or paid, the moral, the lesson in this here is: create better content, like more quality content. That's yeah. That's it.
2: Yeah. Like, don't yeah. be spammy. I mean,
3: <laughs> it, it, when
2: you and I were privately talking about this through Messenger, basically, you—I mean, you said you laughed out loud at this one quote which is that the yeah. very, it's a very summary of it. It just basically says, and we can go into some of the, the, the specific changes they're talking about here, but that these changes aren't meant to show more or less from pages. Mm-hmm. There's that wishy-washiness again that they kind of always yeah. <laughs> come back
1: to. Yeah. This
2: may or may not affect your page's reach. Well, it's may or may not see less, more or less from pages or friends. Rather, the page links that are surfaced to people will be the ones they find worth their time. We got to say that again for all the people that are asking, like, this is the first time Facebook's actually said, notice they didn't say anything about pages, anything about Facebook watch, et cetera, at F8. This is the first time they've mentioned pages in a while. And I want to say this again, the page links that are surfaced to people will be the ones they find worth their time. And then the friend posts, by the way, will also be from the friends people want to hear from the most. Yep. Yep.
3: I mean, if that's not indicative of focused on engagement and quality content, I don't know what is, right? They're basically saying, if people don't find you valuable, you will not be seen. The formula to be seen is have people find your content valuable. That's it. It's as simple as that. And marketers get into an uproar that it's the end of the world. It's not, it's just Facebook trying to preserve the user experience so that they can serve up more ad inventory and be successful as a company. Us as users, the longer we stay on the platform, the more ad revenue we generate for that company. The way that we stay on the platform is to consume quality content and information from people, brands, and groups that we love right? Mm -hmm. So there's no, there's like, they're not villainizing any of their one particular products in the product suite. They're just saying we are going to uprank the best, like of the best. So this is the cream rising to the like top analogy right here. Create better content, engage with people, create meaningful relationships. If you get on board with that, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a bulletproof formula for I mean, getting yep. in the eyes of more people for Isn't, free and getting better results from your ads. If
2: if people are interacting with our page and then we happen to post a link, which we rarely do, by the way, at this point, but when we do, don't, doesn't that then send the signals to Facebook that when people do start to then interact with that type of post or the, you know, they, I mean, they literally say this, they take into account the the type of the post who it's from, which means us or, or insert your business here. And then the people that have been engaging all along because you've been doing it right, are going to then be able to, they will then be able to accurately predict whether your audience will find that link valuable.
3: Correct. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, We've seen it in action. I have posted a link post on our Facebook page and we had more clicks off of Facebook over to our website than people on our Facebook page. So there are people having success when you like the way that that happened was we literally had spent six months creating that piece of content and took into every aspect of its creation, how to create virality and like polarization around it. That content piece was a massive business investment and has returned the ROI massively, but yet we deployed it on a platform that everyone says is dead Well, Facebook is just saying like, nah, man, we just want you to do quality stuff, right? So we did quality stuff and we had more people on our website than in the previous three months within the first 72 hours of that organic post. Like we generated, I kid you not, it was a $25,000 organic post because it was quality content that got people where we needed to. And I mean, we, this is why we love Facebook pages. (laughs) (laughs)
2: wow you're a rarity you're a rarity to say that like we love facebook pages anyways it's interesting to see where things are going you know we've i mean this is this is two two major pieces right here right now a couple of weeks after f8 like yeah right i think we might still see some more stuff who knows but anyways yeah i i think that about wraps up this segment I don't know what else I can say other than, you know, if you want to continue talking about this in the dialogue on our Facebook page, sure. feel free, jump on in and we'll continue yeah. to talk about this topic, the other topic pre- pre- previous to this with you, Amanda, and even the Instagram stuff from Jen earlier. So, yep. Uh, Amanda, Thank you so much for being here. Great thank to see you guys you for usual. having me as thank always. Thank you, Amanda. You're always, always amazing as soon as to have say, you. Hey, you want to come on the show. So, thank you <laughs> when you can. So, thank you very much and see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, so uh, I want to close up the uh, the show with one more interesting piece of information. And it's a reminder, again, about something else that Facebook has said. And it's that they have an emphasis on stories. Uh, That was one of the things that they kept continuing to drive home uh, during F8. And one of the ways that we know this is true is that Facebook has launched birthday stories. They've taken one of their biggest features ever though maybe not necessarily for marketers, but for consumers, which is wishing somebody happy birthday on Facebook, right? And they've now created the way for you to do that, but with stories. So if there's any more clear indication that they are serious about stories, it's the fact that they will now allow you to do that. And basically you'll find this, that uh, that as birthday stories are rolling out, when a friend has a birthday, You'll see a tile show up in stories that you can then punch that and you can start to either create a, a, take a picture or a short video, customize it, et cetera, and add music and then send that over to them as a story. Uh, You know, again, reminder, Facebook's all in on stories. They're going to get you, they want to, I should say, get you to use them. And they're, they're, again, using one of their biggest options out there, which is wishing somebody happy birthday. That is our show. So, again, I want to remind you, you can find everything we talked about in this episode in the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. And I want to say special thanks to Grace Duffy for being our show producer and co-host.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Eric, for being a great host. And thank you to Jeff C for handling our simulcast. And thank you again to Jen Herman and Amanda Bond for being our experts On the show today.
2: And you can get this show on your calendar so you never miss joining us live when we record. It's at socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. You can also find this as an audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Just type in social media marketing talk show. And don't forget the society doors are open, the Social Media Marketing Society. You can find out more at socialmediasociety.info. And we will see you next week. And until then, uh, have a great week and we'll see you next week.
1: Bye everyone. Thank you. The social media marketing talk show is a social media examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com.
2: Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three
0: days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash getupdates.